And for our second message today will be a sermon brought to us by Barnabas Grayson entitled, Among the Faithful. Good afternoon, everyone. Among the faithful. If you will, take a few seconds to just look around the room. Look to your left. Look to your right. Look toward the back. Toward the front. Take a few more seconds to do that. Don't just look at me. Come on, look around. If you see somebody you know, wave at them. Everybody knows each other, it seems. How well, we don't know. There you go. You are among the faithful. The faithful of the eternal God. The faithful of the Father. In the book of Hebrews, chapter 11, it's a chapter about faith. And there's a long list, not really that long, but a list of those who were faithful in their time toward the eternal God. And in verse 6, we read that without faith, it is impossible to please him, to please the eternal, the Father, to please God. Faith, we know, is what pleases God. And it is defined, of course, by verse 1, of which we are all familiar. Faith is the substance of things hoped for, for the evidence of things not seen. Now, back to verse 6, we see that there are two foundational things about this faith. First one is, for he that comes to God must believe that he is. They must believe that he exists that he is ever present in our life and in the lives of others and in the lives of what's going on in this world, that he exists. And the second thing is that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. Now this belief in God often begins at an early age, begins when we're younger, when our parents Tell us a few things about God here and there, and we learn about worship, about reading the Bible, about singing to God in praise, in songs of praise, and in just going to church. And it cements that faith, puts it in place in those forms of worship at church and at home. And it is such that they who, <clears throat> who seek and do his will, he is pleased with it. And he gives blessings. And by it, we see where the elders obtained a good report. Back in verse 3 of Hebrews chapter 11. Hebrews, Hebrews 3 in chapter 11. Still have trouble finding my place here. Verse 
notes up there. <laughs> I'm just not used to this like I used to be. Uh, verse 1. Let's go Hebrews chapter 11. Faith is a substance of things hoped for. You know, we've defined that. But uh, in verse 3, we see that through faith, we understand that the worlds were framed by the word of God, so that things which are seen were not made of things which do appear. And then he goes through a list of the types of faith or the kinds of faith the elders had, as in verse, uh, let's go to, drop down to verse 7. We see where by faith Noah, being warned of God things not seen, as yet moved with fear, prepared an ark to the saving of his house, by the which he condemned the world and became heir of the righteousness, which is by faith. So being warned of God, just as we are in our studies and in coming to church and in knowing the world situation, that there are things to come that we are being warned about and moved with fear, prepared an ark, prepared a way, a way to be saved from all these things that were going to come to pass by faith. And verse 8. By faith Abraham, when he was called to go out into a place which he should after receive for an inheritance, obeyed. And he went out, not knowing whether he went, where he went. Verse 11. Through faith also Sarah herself received strength to conceive seed and was delivered of a child when she was past age because she judged him faithful who had promised. So as we look to our Father in heaven, we know that he has made promises of which we can depend upon by faith that is pleasing to him. Now verse 17, Abraham, when he was tried, offered up Isaac, and he that had received the promises offered up his only begotten son, of whom it was said that in Isaac shall thy seed be called, accounting that God was able to raise him up, even from the dead, from whence also he received him in a figure. So we read of the faith of these elders, and that knowing, even though death may come, that there is a promise of resurrection, that they could be raised up. Verse 23, By faith Moses, when he was born, was hid three months of his parents, because they saw he was a proper child and they were not afraid of the king's commandment. You know, Mo Moses at the time, he didn't ha have a say-so in that when they placed him in that basket, put him in the water. But it was his parents' faith, knowing that, that not to be afraid of the king's commandment, knowing that God would take care of him. And so we see all sorts of promises that, uh, that we are to put our faith in. Verse uh, 32 now. And what shall I more say, for the time would fail me to tell you of Gideon, and of Barak, and of Samson, and Jephthah, of David also, and Samuel, and of the prophets. So throughout our lives we are tested from time to time in various sorts of ways and degrees. 
There are decisions sometimes we have to make, questions we have to consider and answer in, in our life. And sometimes those things may tempt us to doubt, to kind of lose faith. Like when Peter walked upon the water, that along the way he lost his faith and began to sink into the sea. But there are promises. But these, this listening of the faithful that you see here shows what these early saints must have met, what they met and had to overcome. And there were trials that are much heavier than what we would like to bear. Because as you read in verse uh, 36, others had trials, had trial of cruel mockings and scourgings, yeah, moreover of bonds and imprisonment. They were stoned, they were sawn asunder, were tempted, were slain with the sword. They wandered about in sheepskins and goatskins, being destitute, afflicted, tormented, of whom the world was not worthy. So rather than uh, be tied to the world or to compromise with the way of the world, they wandered in the deserts and in the mountains and in dens and caves of the earth. And these all, having obtained a good report through faith, received not the promise. And God, for God having provided something, some better thing for us, that they without us should not be made perfect. So they received not the promise, the promise that is made to every faithful believer and doer of God's will. They that without us should not be made perfect. So together, at a coming resurrection, we will all be made perfect along with them because we will see Christ as he is and will then be changed from mortal to immortal. And if these faithful uh, uh, that we read about, if we are like them, holding on to the faith, to the calling that we have been given, we are among them. But just as they, in those times that are past, they had a contender one who opposes them in their faith, one who is against them in their faith. So do we today. You know, we may feel secure sometimes. We may feel like, well, the eternal is going to protect us 100%. We still have to know the scriptures. We still have to read. We still have to pray. We still have to study. Because even in uh, Hebrews 12, we are exhorted to faith and to godliness. In Hebrews chapter 13, exhortions to various duties here, for, for example, let brotherly love continue, and be not forgetful to entertain strangers, for some have entertained angels unaware. And to remember them that are in bonds as bound with them. And them which suffer adversity as being yourselves also in the body. So we are exhorted to these duties of holiness. And we see examples uh, among the faithful. Of these elders who obtained a good report by maintaining their faith and overcoming these trials of faith. Hebrews again see chapter, the next chapter, let's go to 12, verse 1, 
Wherefore, seeing we also, also are compassed about with so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and the sin which does so easily beset us, and let us run with patience the race that is set before us, looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and is set down at the right hand of the throne of God. So we're to, to lay aside every weight. And you just to do that, you just take inventory, you take a look at yourself, and you let go of things that might be hindering your progress spiritually, things that are holding you back from the perfection that we would like to have in Jesus Christ. Sometimes there are things that may be a matter of habit, hard to get rid of, hard to let go, and things that might be innocent looking, and you might say, well, what's the harm? But in actuality, they are detrimental to our spiritual life. And we see that we're to have patience as we sometimes must endure a trial or some affliction. We've got to see it through its course, and we have to run that course or that race with patience. And then it says to not do it alone, but looking to Jesus Christ, our Savior, who is set down, who is right there at the right hand of the throne of God. Ephesians chapter 6. Just down to verse 10. My brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of, he, of his might. And then we know by familiarity this armor of God that we should put on. Put on the whole armor of God. The whole thing. That you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. Just as... Uh, People that play football, they've got to put everything on because they are vital to that contact sport. And we come in contact with contender, the contender that is against us, the foe that is opposing us. So you have to put on the whole armor, the whole suit that's required. Because uh, put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. There are principles that people believe in that are contrary to God, and so we wrestle against those things because they may sound so good in, uh, in life that we adopt them apart from the way of God. There are powers, uh, uh, against, the, uh, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world. The evil that is in the world. Spiritual wickedness in high places. Wherefore take unto you the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day and having done all to stand. Stand therefore having your loins or your hips girt about with the truth and having on the breastplate of righteousness. We're to live by the truth and to be doers. 
what that means to us. And your feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace. To walk peacefully, to walk calmly, to walk confidently, knowing that your actions is pleasing to God in, in that way. Above all, taking the shield of faith, wherewith you shall be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked, and take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God. Verse 18, praying always with all prayer and supplication in the Spirit, and watching thereunto with all perseverance and supplication for all saints. So we see that we may think that we are 100% protected. There are things that we are to do to please God, and that is to walk in faith by doing these things that he has set before us in Scripture. In Luke chapter 4, Verse 4. Jesus answered, and this is where uh, the devil said unto him, he said, if you be the son of God, command this stone that it be made bread. See, you know, when God created the earth, you know, it was done by the word of God. And here... Uh, and Satan knew that. And he was tempting Christ. Well, if you be the Son of God, just say the word. Turn these stones into bread. And Jesus answered him instead, saying, It is written that man shall not be li live by bread alone, but by every word of God. And so the devil took him up into a high mountain, showed him all the kingdoms of the world in a moment of time. And the devil said unto him, all this power will I give you, and the glory of them, for that is delivered unto me, and to whomsoever I will, will I give it. If you therefore will worship me, all shall be yours. So we see that this devil claims authority given to him. But Christ, through the armor of God, resisted, and he overcame that temptation. So even our, in our own life, there are temptations that are fired at us by, by these darts of Satan. There comes temptations that sometimes we might consider, but then it comes back to where we ought to obey God rather than man. And Jesus answered, verse 8, and said unto him, Get you behind me, Satan. For it is written, you shall worship the Lord your God, and him only shall you serve. Now to Ephes back to Ephesians chapter uh, 6 again. Ephesians chapter 6. Let's look at 16. About the shield of faith. The apostles, you know, followed in the footsteps of Jesus Christ, teaching and preaching the gospel of salvation of, and of the kingdom that uh, is to come. And we also read where they were preaching a mystery of the gospel. 
Now, mystery is, of course, something that is, you know, difficult to understand, hard to explain, and to those that were unacquainted with the truth, it was uh, a mystery. But the truth uh, about the gospel is that it is a gospel of salvation, and that there is a kingdom that is to come that is going to bring peace. And when you take the shield of faith, you shall be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked because there are sayings that are against the kingdom of God. There are sayings against the uh, salvation plan of God that we uh, can even uh, support as we keep the, the holy days, you know, which reveal the plan of God. And the shield of faith of knowing those things are real, those th even though... Uh, Things might come along that say, no, you don't need to keep the holy days. The Sabbath is really not uh, required. Just you know, in their own way, they say, just, just have faith. That's all you need. But you have faith in the substance of these things that is being talked about in, in the book of Hebrews. Above all, taking the shield of faith, wherewith you shall be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked. That's how Christ did it. That's how the apostles did it. That's how all of these elders who obtained a good report did it. But there is, like, like mentioned, there is a contender at work, even among the faithful. We see that the devil claims authority, and he deceives a whole world that is this very age. Second uh, Corinthians, let's go there. Second Corinthians chapter... The apostle says, by doing these things that, you know, is being talked about here in scripture, about the spiritual qualities one should have, about the spiritual armor, because lest Satan should get an advantage of us. Because you don't have the whole armor, you don't have all the spiritual qualities, the uh, things that are needed to uh, quench the fiery darts of Satan, there is his advantage to gain over us. And then it says we are not ignorant of his devices. So we see that Satan has devices, as Paul uh, said to these Corinthians, that we are not ignorant of these devices in chapter 4 of 2 Corinthians. Let's, let's do verse 1 here. Therefore, seeing we have this ministry, as we have received mercy, we faint not, but have, but have renounced the hidden things of dishonesty, not walking in craftiness, nor handling the word of God deceitfully, but by manifestation of the truth, commending ourselves to every man's conscience in the sight of God. But if our gospel be hid, it is hid to them that are lost. So Satan uses devices to hide this gospel, to blind uh, many to the, uh, to the gospel that was preached by the apostles uh, and from Jesus Christ. But as Paul said, we have a ministry of making it known that uh, as a part of this gospel, we have a part in it. 
because after all we have received mercy, we have received forgiveness from God, and we have come out. So the eternal opens doors. He gives opportunity to speak of the gospel. Verse 5 through, uh, in the same chapter. We preach, not, we preach not ourselves, but Christ Jesus the Lord, and ourselves your servants for Jesus Christ. And back up in uh, 4, I left out that verse after verse 3. In whom the God of this world has blinded the minds of them which believe not, lest the light of the glorious gospel of Christ, who is the image of God, should shine unto them. So, this contender, this Satan, this evil that is in the world wants to shine his own lights, which, are, which is contrary uh, to God's, but shines brightly the ways of the world, making it more tempting. Verse 6, For God who commanded the light to shine out of darkness has shined in our hearts to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. But we have this treasure in earthen vessels, that the excellency of the power may be of God and not us. So we, like all human beings, are mortal, subject to weaknesses, subject to pain, subject to sorrows, all sorts of trials and troubles that could come our way. But like an earthen vessel, you know, like a clay pot, we can be broken if we allow these things to overcome us. So whatever trial of faith threatens to break us, we have to stand in faith and in the promise of God, not, not ourselves. So this treasure is in earthen vessels. And in verse 8, we are troubled on every side, yet not distressed. We are perplexed, but not in despair. Persecuted, but not forsaken. Cast down, but not destroyed. Always bearing about in the body the dying of the Lord Jesus, that the life also of Jesus might be made manifest in our body. For we which live are always delivered unto death for Jesus' sake, that the life also of Jesus might be made manifest in our mortal flesh. So, uh, verse uh, 12, So then death works in us, but life in you. We having the same spirit of faith, according as it is written, I believed, and therefore have I spoken. We also believe, and therefore speak, knowing that he which raised up the Lord Jesus shall raise up us also by Jesus, and shall present us with you. For all things are for your sakes, that the abundant grace might through the thanksgiving of many redound to the glory of God, for which cause we faint not. But though our outward man perish, Yet the inward man is renewed day by day. So the contender, 
seeks to hide these things from the world, from people, and even more so sometimes among the saints of God to make us forget why we are called and what we believe in. Matthew chapter 13 now. verse 16 here. Blessed are your eyes for they see and your ears for they see, uh, and your ears for they hear. For verily I say unto you that many prophets and righteous men have desired to see those things which you see and have not seen them and to hear those things which you hear and have not heard them. And then he goes into talking about the parable of the sower. When anyone hears the word of the kingdom and understands it not, then comes the wicked one and catches away that which was sown in his heart. This is he which received seed by the wayside. But he that received the seed into stony places, the same as he that hears the word and anon with joy receives it. Yet has he not root in himself, but dureth for a while. For when tribulation or persecution arises because of the word, by and by he is offended. And also, he also that receives seed among the thorns is he that hears the word, and the cares of this world and the deceitfulness of riches choke the word, and he becomes unfruitful. But he that receives seed into the good ground is he that hears the word and understands it, which also bears fruit and brings forth some a hundredfold, some sixtyfold. Revelation chapter 12. Let's go there. Skipping some of these chapters that I had originally written down for the sake of time. Revelation chapter 12. See, the word of God is being contested all the time. <coughs> Sounds good, maybe for the moment, to some, and then later it's just put away, cast aside for whatever reason. Verse, uh, Revelation 12 and in verse 7, we read that there was uh, war in heaven. Michael and his angels fought against the dragon, and the dragon fought and his angels, and prevailed not, neither was their place found any more in heaven. And the great dragon was cast out, that old uh, serpent called the devil and Satan, which deceives the whole world. He was cast out into the earth, and his angels were cast out uh, with him. And I heard a loud voice saying in heaven, Now is come salvation and strength and the kingdom of our God, and the power of his Christ, for the accuser of our brethren is cast down, which accused them before our God day and night. And they overcame him by the blood of the Lamb, and by the word of their testimony, and they loved not their lives unto the death. Therefore rejoice, you heavens, and you that dwell in them. Woe to the inhabitants of the earth and of the sea, for the devil is come down unto you, 
having great wrath because he knows that he has but a short uh, time. How short that time is, we don't know. Because in times past, you know, a short time to me back then was perhaps months, and then it turned into years. And now I am older and more gray-haired than I was then. So he has but a short time, and we know that he is going to come with great wrath because of that. And turn over to Revelation chapter 13, and let's look at verse uh, 4. And all the deceptions and all the contentions that Satan is going uh, to make among the people of God, among the faithful, and they worshiped the dragon, that these, the, these people, they, they worshiped the uh, dragon, which gave power unto the beast. And they worshiped the beast, saying, who is like unto the beast? And so they really adored, really admired, really had respect for this beast that we know is, is to come. Who is able to make war with him? And there was given unto him a mouth speaking great things and blasphemies and power was given unto him to continue 42 months. And he opened his mouth in blasphemy against God to blaspheme his name and his tabernacle and them that dwell in heaven. And it was given unto him to make war with the saints and to overcome them and power was given him over all kindreds and tongues and nations. And all that dwell upon the earth shall worship him whose names are not written in the book of life of the Lamb slain from the foundation of the world. So we see Satan cast down and that he is to come in the form of some national power that is going to deceive the nations even more. And what does this contender intend to do among the faithful? Well, he'll seek to divide. He'll seek to uh, uh, wedge differences between the people. If not doctrinally, then perhaps politically, then maybe philosophically. Allowing roots of bitterness to uh, uh, come about. Backbiting. Maybe self-righteousness. Uh, and you can see that, you know, even in today's uh, world, especially in the political world, the rhetoric that is, that there is all sorts of, of truths, half-truths, lies, and so on. And what you're probably seeing, there's an old saying that, that uh, to make a mountain out of a molehill, and you see uh, the talking heads doing this, to make a mountain out of a molehill, you just, you just keep adding dirt. And that's what seems to be happening. So Satan is deceiving the whole world making things appear as light when they uh, really aren't. He preys on human nature. He preys on uh, human circumstances to drive a wedge between the faithful. John chapter uh, 13. Now before the feast of the Passover, when Jesus knew that his hour was come, that he should depart out of this world unto the Father, having loved his own which were in the world, he loved them unto the end. And supper being ended, the devil, 
having now put into the heart of Judas Iscariot, Simon's son, to betray him. And Jesus, knowing that the Father had given all things into his hands and that he was come from God and went to God, and, you know, all, all the things about the Passover night that occurred. But Jesus, uh, Judas had an idea which eventually blossomed into full-grown sin because uh, Satan had found an advantage there in Judas that he could take advantage of to betray Christ, a weakness. In John, 1 John chapter 3, again, Yeah, first John, let's go to first John chapter three. Behold what manner of love the Father has bestowed upon us. You know, Christ loved his disciples, his followers, his believers, the faithful to the end. Behold what manner of love the Father has bestowed upon us, that we should be called the sons of God. Therefore the world knows us not, because it knew him not. Beloved, now are we the sons of God, and it does not yet appear what we shall be, but we know that when he shall appear, we shall be like him, for we shall see him as he is. And every man that has this hope in him purifies himself, even as he is pure. For we know in verse 4, that familiar scripture, whoever commits sin transgresses the law, for sin is the transgression of the law. And you know that he was manifested to take away our sins. And in him is no sin. Whosoever abides in him sins not. Whosoever sins has not seen him, neither known him. Little children, let no man deceive you. He that does righteousness is righteous, even as he is righteous. And he that commits sin is of the devil. For the devil sins from the beginning. For this purpose the Son of God was manifested that he might destroy the works of the devil. So as we read, we know that there are things that we should be doing because as being people among the faithful, that we are to live up to the expectations that, that uh, we read in Scripture about how we uh, are to please God. And we know that one of the ways to keep our guard up and for God's Spirit to be stirred up in us as, as we need it, is to do his work. 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 5. Your faith should not stand in the wisdom of men, but in the power of God. Howbeit we speak wisdom among them that are perfect, yet not the wisdom of this world or this age, nor of the princes of this world that come to nothing. But we speak the wisdom of God in a mystery, even the hidden wisdom which God ordained before the world unto our glory, which none of the princes of this world knew. For had they known it, they would not have crucified the Lord of, of glory. But as it is written, eye has not seen, nor ear heard, neither have entered into the heart of man the things which God has prepared for them that uh, love him. 
But God has revealed them unto us by his Spirit, for the Spirit searches all things, yea, the deep things of God. For what man knows the things of a man, save the Spirit of man, which is in him? Even so the things of God knoweth no man, but the Spirit of God. Uh, let's drop on down to verse 16. For who has known the mind of the Lord, that he may instruct him? But we have the mind of Christ. We have the mind of the uh, faithful. So if we are doing these things, we are ambassadors. We are representatives. We are the elect chosen to be in this uh, position among the faithful. For, uh, 2 Corinthians chapter 9. Verse 6. In the margin here, it, it gives this as the law of spiritual action and reaction, or the principle of uh, spiritual action and reaction. This I say, he which sows sparingly shall reap also sparingly, and he which sows bountifully shall reap also bountifully. Every man according as he purposes in his heart, so let him give, not grudgingly of necessity, for God loves a cheerful giver. There are services that we can do, things that we can render unto each other to help them along in this faith and to do so ungrudging, ungrudgingly. Let's go now to uh, Philippians chapter 3. Well, you won't need to turn there. I just want to mention that, that our conversation is in heaven. Our citizenship is in heaven from where we look for the Savior, Jesus Christ, who, who shall change our vile body that it may be fashioned like unto his glorious body. Finally, back to Hebrews chapter 10. Let's look at verse 35 again. Cast not away, therefore, your confidence, which has great recompense of reward. For you have need of patience, that after you have done the will of God, you might receive the promise. For yet a little while, and he that shall come will come, and will not tarry. Now the just shall live by faith. But if any man draw back, my soul shall have no pleasure in him. But we are not of them who draw back unto, the, unto perdition, but of them that believe to the saving of the, of the soul. Now, as we looked at each other, side to side and back of the room and forward, we realized that we're not all related uh, by blood. We don't all look alike. But something more important binds us among the faithful, and we know that to be the Spirit of God. So you are among the faithful of God. It's an extended family. 
the called out to the uh, gospel of Christ among them that believe to the saving of the souls.